Hello, lovely podcast people, and welcome back to The Fitness Solution. Now, I have a podcast that I have been wanting to do for an awfully long time, and I've just never quite got around to actually being able to record it for you. Now, on The Fitness Solution, if you go through the archive, I've actually covered this before with someone called um, Danielle Hamilton, because let me tell you what today's going to be about. Um, it's going to be about... Uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and how to actually lose weight with PCOS. And the reason I wanted to do another episode on this, because in the archive of The Fitness Solution, there's an episode with someone called Daniel Hamilton. But in that episode, I've listened back to it a few times and and it comes across as very carbophobic, which isn't a message that I like to put out there too much. And that's her opinion on it. And that's absolutely fine. She kind of, she pulls away from calorie deficit being the uh, the correct method or being the only method with which to lose weight and so it's an opinion and that's absolutely fine but I've also noticed that it's been a very popular podcast so I just wanted to kind of set the record straight and I just wanted to take you through exactly how to lose weight with polycystic ovarian syndrome now i know you might be listening to this and you don't have pcos and that's absolutely fine you can either skip past it but having said that i'm going to go into the female menstruation cycle and how that affects things and i think there's going to be an awful lot in this podcast for anyone who wants to listen to it um so if you are here if you are listening then please 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 um maybe give it a chance because i reckon there'll be something to learn for you in this and even if you're male I still think there'll be something for you to learn, help you understand your partner just a little bit more, which is never a bad thing. So I've been talking about this for a very long time. Um, On my blog uh, on www.thegymstarter.com forward slash blog, um, it's one of my most popular articles and and it shows up on number two or three on Google when you type how to lose weight with PCOS. So I'm going to basically use that as the format for the podcast and kind of talk you through it, okay? Now, PCOS is a very complex diagnosis, and it's different in everybody. Not everyone has all of the symptoms. Not everyone has all of the uh, issues that come along with having PCOS. Some will have some, some will have others, and everything else. And it doesn't even mean that you have cysts on your ovaries either. It's just called polycystic ovarian syndrome for many people. Now, you could easily argue that this is outside the scope of a fitness professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to diagnose your PCOS. And I'm not here to tell you how to manage it. I want to help you understand how to manage your weight as you deal with PCOS. And that potentially is inside the scope of a personal trainer. And I think all knowledge is good knowledge. So the more I understand this, the more I can help people. And I have helped a number of people with PCOS uh, lose weight and get on top of their fitness. So let's start at the top. Uh, We need to firstly break down the menstrual cycle and understand how that works. Because from there, we have to know the format and we have to know the regular behaviors that we should expect because PCOS kind of interrupts that. So we'll get into... Firstly, your menstrual cycle. So the menstrual cycle is 28 days long, which I'm sure you're aware of. And um, it's broken into two phases, follicular phase and luteal phase. Now, week one, which is the first seven days, 
is um, you have is where your menses start. So the female cycle starts from menstruation is day one. Okay, and during this time you have estrogen is very dominant. Your menstruation probably lasts about around one to five days. Another thing I need to say here is everybody's different. Okay, so uh, this is what it kind of typically is, but I appreciate there's going to be an awful lot of nuance for each person listening to this. So estrogen's dominant, you get minces, days one to five, you might get some cramping, you might feel uncomfortable, you probably feel a bit bloated, um, which isn't ideal. So how do we manage our fitness in that time? Well, uh, your cravings might increase due to discomfort and your kind of, um, what's the word? You're wanting to kind of just make yourself feel a bit better. Um, so during this time, you might want to avoid things like jumping in the gym and stuff like that, like your high intensity stuff, uh, just because of how uncomfortable you might be feeling. I'd say stick to very strong, stable movements, like double legged work. Um, make sure that you're feeling good in the gym and you're stable when you're doing proper resistance training, as opposed to high intensity interval training. Um, yeah, sort of your squats, your deadlifts, your overhead presses, your bench presses, the kind of very effective, but not very sexy, in inverted commas, I think it's sexy, but that's just me, um, in inverted commas, uh, kind of work. You need to, you know, if you're not feeling great, you need to do things that make you feel strong as opposed to make you feel less great. And during this time, I would say your tiredness would be up, which would make a calorie deficit not impossible, but it could be very, very hard because as we know, without uh, decent sleep, without not feeling tired, a calorie deficit is pretty much impossible to get into. Um, so that's week one. Then week two of your follicular phase. Now this is the sweet spot. This is where you should feel your best. Menstruation has finished. Um, what happens here is estrogen is very dominant and testosterone starts to come in around days 13 and 14. And this means that your energy will increase because you have a bit more testosterone, which will be good. Um, you should be able to lift your strongest within the whole 28-day cycle. It's the best time to sort of try your personal bests. It's your best time to get fit and strong and really work nice and hard. And I would say it's probably your best time to adhere to a calorie deficit. Um, yeah, you're not likely to feel as best as you do in terms of your hormones and stuff than you do in week two. And then ovulation will start around day 14, so exactly halfway through your whole cycle. And once ovulation starts, you then go into what's called the luteal phase, which is week three, days 15 to 21. And then here, um, progesterone is a new hormone that comes into play. Well, it's not new, it's, it, it's present in the other two phases, in uh, the follicular phase, but it now becomes dominant. And then as you're ovulating, uh, you're probably going to feel quite good. You're probably going to feel quite horny. And um, you're probably going to feel, uh, what's the word? Uh, probably quite engaged with life. However, as cramping, as the ovulation has stopped, kind of maybe around sort of days 16, 17, 18, you might then um, start to feel a bit sluggish again a bit cramped because what's happening is your body is starting to prepare you for pregnancy so during this time your metabolism will increase by three to by 100 to 300 calories a day um you might be getting headaches so aerobic exercise could help like going for a run or um, just walking sort of good nice light movements like that 
And um, then as we come out of week three, we go into week four, the other part of the luteal phase, which is when you are probably going to be struggling your most. Um, here, I would say, because day 22 to day 28, progesterone is still dominant. Your mood could be lower. This is often the time when people's mental health might um, deteriorate a little bit because uh, PMS could kick in. And uh, yeah, your body is is really getting you ready to basically house a fertilized egg. Um, I would suggest during the whole luteal phase, so weeks three and four, you should probably use maintenance calories to curb those cravings uh, because you're going to be craving food. So don't try not to focus on a calorie deficit during this time and use maintenance calories for you. Then I'd say on this as well, during um, during the luteal phase, there is some evidence out there to say that injuries are more likely in women because your joints are a bit looser. looser. That's what progesterone can do. So there's a higher risk of injury during this time. So make sure that you, again, focus on quality of movement, not quantity of movement. So similar to week one, you know, do strong, stable movements, do things that make you feel strong, comfortable, maybe use machines more than free weights, um, and that should help you manage that. So in a nutshell, that is the menstrual cycle. And if you need a reference point, if that's all gone over your head or you want to go back and have a look at that, then go to my blog, uh, www.thegymstarter.com forward slash blog. And then on there, it's how to actually lose weight with PCOS. And there's a lovely little infographic that, um, annoyingly, I've just noticed they are uh, spelling error on it. But still, there's a lovely little infographic that, um, that takes you through all of that. So that's basically your um, your menstrual cycle. So now how does PCOS affect this? So PCOS can come along with many, many different physical considerations. It can mean that there's an imbalance of the female sex hormones, progesterone and estrogen. Uh, people who have PCOS also probably have an increase in testosterone and androgens, which are known as the male, in inverted commas, uh, hormones. Um, you could end up with insulin resistance and cysts upon the ovaries. But that's not always the case. Now, each one of those things will have uh, an effect on your fitness. And that's what we're about to get into. So if you have an imbalance of the female sex hormone, progesterone and estrogen, this will typically cause a longer luteal phase. So that's day 15 to day 28, the second half of your cycle, which is why people with PCOS have longer cycles because progesterone is there. I think it's FSH that doesn't get, um, you can't pick up FSH quite as well. And that's what um, creates everything. So yeah. Um, And the reason you, the reason that your cycle is longer is because it could be as well, the cysts on your ovaries are not allowing an egg to be released and therefore it's not triggering uh, menstruation and then the release of estrogen into your body again. So that's what's occurring there, which is why people with PCOS probably have longer than 28-day cycles. So it's just a bit stretched out. And annoyingly, it's stretched out in the latter part of your cycle, which is the part of the cycle where you're probably going to be feeling your worst which is where, you know, the mental health might deteriorate, PMS might be up. Uh, And if that's, say for most people, it's only seven days. If for you, that's 14 days or 10 days, uh, over time, that's going to have an effect, right? Um, So that's that one dealt with. Then you're going to have an increase in testosterone and androgens. 
And if you have PCOS, you'll have more androgens, which are your sex hormones. Um, and then the most common androgen is testosterone. And this is very prevalent in someone PCOS. So testosterone is obviously thought of as the male sex hormone, although women naturally do produce it. Um, those with PCOS just produce more of it. And this could lead to physical fat. This, like, it's evident in people um, who, like, because it reveals itself physically. So you might end up with a bit more acne, you might end up with a bit more body hair, and you might have a slightly higher scale weight. Um, and this increase in weight occurs because the relationship between insulin resistance and testosterone, and testosterone increases your insulin resistance. And insulin resistance can adversely affect your weight. Which leads me into my next point, insulin resistance. Now, this is a topic that gets hotter and hotter and hotter month on month on month, especially if you spend time on TikTok. Um, you're going to be very aware that there's huge debates going on about this at the moment, or there always has been, there always will be. Um, so, right, so let's get to it. Now, I'm not saying insulin resistance isn't a thing, and I'm not saying insulin resistance doesn't occur in people with PCOS. It definitely does. It definitely can. And it could, you know, it could lead to weight gain. It doesn't mean that because you're insulin resistant, you can't lose weight. And it doesn't mean that because you're insulin resistant, you're going to weigh more. Okay. Now, to understand how this works, you need to understand what insulin resistance really is. So, Insulin, imagine insulin is like a key to your cells. And when you eat food, most food, but let's say typically carbohydrates because they're higher in glucose or they're higher in <clears throat> they're higher in refined carbohydrate, um, which is glucose. So yeah. Um, when you eat that, insulin is released from your pancreas and it tells every cell in your body to open up to absorb the glucose, because in our muscles, we hold glucose. Um, and that's what allows our muscles to move. So we hold glucose in two places, or glycogen is, but anyway. Um, we hold it in our liver, and we hold it in our... I need to cough, hang on one second. <coughs> I'm so sorry you had to hear that. And we hold it in our muscles. So liver and muscles is where glycogen is held. Now, when you eat something, insulin gets released from your pancreas, and it tells each cell to allow that glycogen from the food you've eaten into your cells. Pretty straightforward. So it's a little key that opens up your cells. Now, if you're insulin resistant, your cells don't pick up that response from insulin. And therefore, the glucose you're eating is swimming around your body and it has to be stored somewhere. And then it gets stored as body fat. Okay? That's basically insulin resistance in a nutshell. Couldn't be more simple, really, I think. That's what happens. That's what occurs. Now, if you have PCOS and you're insulin resistant, now remember, not everyone who's, who has polycystic ovarian syndrome is insulin resistant. So if you have PCOS and you are insulin resistant, then it's something you need to be aware of. But I will tell you how to make sure you can still lose weight with that dealing with in your life. So just bear with me, okay? Then you have cysts upon the ovaries. Uh, but this isn't always the case. And those cysts that we've already covered will also um, kind of stops, uh, stops your menstruation from happening. And therefore, it lengthens your, uh, your, um, your cycle. So now let's get into it. How do you actually now we've covered the basis of PCOS? How can you actually lose weight with polycystic ovarian syndrome? Okay, 
So I'm going to take each physical symptom I've just gone through with you. And I'm going to tell you how we can balance that with your fitness and make sure it happens. Now, I've worked with a number of people on this. Um, and it seems to work very well for them. I've had one client lose two stone, which was amazing. Um, one of my online clients, uh, she lost two stone and she has PCOS. Um, as someone else very dear to me who has this condition and she very much is able to um, to exploit what I tell her to so that she um, also manages to lose weight and look after her fitness. Okay, so I know this to be true. Do I know this to be true of everybody? No. Do people out there with PCOS struggle to lose weight? Yes. But understanding this will hopefully, hopefully help you in the longer run. Okay, under 16 minutes and doing well. So PCOS can definitely make weight loss harder. Okay, but one of the best things you have at your advantage if you have PCOS is an increase in testosterone and androgens. This simply means you will have greater strength. That's it. It's that simple. Okay. If you have more testosterone in your system, you will have greater strength. If you think of the Olympics and all of the arguments about trans women competing um, against uh, naturally born females, then the argument is their testosterone levels are higher if they're transgender because they were once upon a time men and therefore they have a natural advantage, okay? So if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, you have a natural advantage of getting strong, which is uh, compared to other women, which is amazing, okay? So therefore, your best policy in order to try and, now I don't want to say lose weight, because losing weight is not necessarily what you need to focus on here, you want to focus on getting stronger, there's a reason my 30 day, my, not my 30 day, there's a reason my online program is called Strong and Confident, because that's what you're after, okay, now if I was to say to you, you could weigh the same, but your body could look defined, toned and strong, you're going to take that over, necessarily getting the scale down and if you're not going to take that over just getting a lower number on the scale then that's a whole different conversation we need to have so focus on your strength training because you have this extra advantage of testosterone it's like having a superpower you have this extra advantage that other women don't it's awesome like god has given you some stardust to kick ass in the gym when you're lifting weights and the issue i see with many women with pcos is they get caught up in doing all this F45 training, or they get caught up in doing all this hit work and all this cardio, that's not aiding their abilities. It's not, they're not understanding their physiology and how to manipulate that physiology into helping them. Then what happens when you build more muscle, you will find getting into a caloric deficit easier because you're going to have more muscle on your body and therefore you will improve your basal metabolic rate. To an extent, I mean, manipulating that isn't the easiest thing in the world, um, but it could definitely help. Plus, you're going to be training better. You're going to be training probably a little bit harder. You're probably going to be a little more inspired because you're going to be seeing greater results. You're probably going to be sleeping a little bit better. And it's going to help you get into a caloric deficit. Okay. 
you're going to improve your body shape. That's going that that naturally is going to keep you inspired and motivated to lose weight because you're going to be able to see physical changes on your body, which is huge, more so than just seeing a change on a number on the floor. All right. And overall, it's going to make you feel like a badass because you're lifting weights and you're taking control of your fitness and you're now allowing fitness to be an advantage to you as opposed to a disadvantage to you, which is really the key here. Okay. So that's really exploiting testosterone and androgens. Now, insulin resistance. Okay. The best way for anybody to improve insulin resistance, in my most humble opinion, is to increase your daily activity and follow a well-structured training program. Now, the other cohort of people in society who generally have insulin resistance are people who have type 2 diabetes. And for many of those people, that is because... There's loads of reasons there. I'm not going to get into why people get diabetes. But a big contributing factor to diabetes, type 2 diabetes is um, lack of movement, okay? Now, what you need to remember is we store glycogen in our muscles and in our liver. Now, if our muscles are full of glycogen, they can't accept any more. Then if you're insulin resistant as well, it's going to be harder for them to accept the glycogen that you're eating into the muscles as well. Yeah, it's like trying to get in onto a full bus or a full tube train. It's just impossible, okay? You have to let it go. And then when you let it go, the platform gets larger or more people end up on the platform because you constantly can't get into the train. That's what's going on here, okay? Now, by moving, you're going to burn that glycogen away in your muscles. So you're going to deplete your muscles of glycogen. Then when you eat again, they'll get filled again, okay? Because we need to use it for energy. So the best way to overcome your insulin resistance is to move is to increase your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, increase your daily steps, increase the amount you fidget, get out and go for a walk, get out and get to the gym, go for a swim, get on the bike, lift some weights. You need to create space in your cells through movement to allow your next load of glucose to enter the cells. You're not gonna stop eating, okay? You can't stop eating because you have to eat to survive. And this is the trap you get into. You don't move. You then don't create space. You then eat again, and that has that energy has to go somewhere. It must go somewhere, and that's when it gets stored as fat. So get moving. Just get going. Just do something, okay? You know, like, I appreciate many of you probably have... I need to cough again. <coughs> I am sorry you had to hear that. I appreciate many of you probably have quite busy days, and I appreciate many of you probably have quite... Um, or sorry, work busy hours or work for eight hours uh, at a desk and things like that. That's fine, we get it. But there's little things you can do. Stand up when you have a phone call. Park your car further away from the office. Stand on your commute. Climb the stairs when you can. Um, just increase your movement. 10,000 steps a day, 8,000 steps a day. If you're currently doing 2,000 steps a day, do 4,000 steps a day. It doesn't matter. Just increase it, okay? And then the other thing to mention here is obviously your diet. Now, there's a whole host of research out there that does back up the fact that if you're insulin resistant, then you need to use your diet to help you with that. The diet is there to achieve two outcomes 
in this order of priority. One to help you lose weight and one to keep your blood sugar in check. Okay. So I, I could sit here and tell you all about the foods you need to eat and foods you don't need to eat. Okay. The first thing you need to do in order to lose weight, even if you are insulin resistant, even if you do have PCOS, is to get into the good old calorie deficit. End of discussion. You can't lose weight without being in calorie deficit. Now we've already covered it. If you have PCOS, it makes sense to get in the gym, build muscle, get strong. It already makes sense to increase your movement. All of these things will help you get into a calorie deficit. But the most important thing about your calorie deficit is to sort out what it is you're eating. Yeah, you can't out-train your diet. Um, and your diet is that important to what you're doing. Okay, so... I would suggest going to my website, downloading my calorie calculator, finding out how many calories you're allowed to eat each day, and then focus on these principles. More whole foods, more grains, more protein, and more vegetables. Especially more protein and more vegetables, okay? Yes, it makes sense to reduce sugary foods and simple carbohydrates, okay? Because they pack more calories and contain less volume, and they're going to create a bigger issue when it comes to your insulin resistance okay more so than vegetables and protein so just eat more protein eat more vegetables like it's really not that difficult when you look at it it's all of the things your mother told you about eating a, a well-balanced diet it, th those rules don't change no matter who you are okay i'm not saying you have to give up a chocolate bar i'm not saying you have to give up a packet of crisps but you need to be aware that these things might not help you as much. And that's it. You can still have room for them, provided you're in your calorie deficit. So for as long as you're in a calorie deficit, all of this can take care of itself. The issue you have is getting into that calorie deficit. Okay? And then, um, yes, so, and then the other thing we need to cover is your ovarian cysts. All right? If you have PCOS, it's likely that you do have cysts and they'll cause um, that luteal phase to be lengthened as I've already covered, okay? So during this period, increase to maintenance calories, not a calorie deficit, okay? And you might think, oh yeah, but I wanna lose weight and I need to do this and the rest of it, right? I get that, it's fine. However, what will really happen is if you try and stay in a calorie deficit for these especially the fourth week of your cycle, but probably the third and fourth week of your cycle, chances are you're not going to be able to sustain it and you're then going to come further out of a calorie deficit. You're going to go into a calorie surplus, which is going to mask all of the hard work you've done in the first two weeks of your um, of your, of your cycle. Okay, So calorie deficit for two weeks, calorie maintenance for two weeks is a really useful tool because that will help you adhere to the calorie deficit. Then... Over the course of a year, you're still in a calorie deficit for 28 weeks. Is that half of 52? Don't know. I'm crap at maths. Um, and therefore, that would still be very effective. Okay. So give yourself permission. Like if you restrict yourself too much, it will lead to a binge. So give yourself permission to increase your calories for those last two weeks. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're failing. That means you're managing who you are with your goals. And that's really what this is all about, okay? And then I think the other thing you need to be aware of is 
um, your expectations. Now, your expectations with losing weight are always going to be there, but expectations generally normally lead to um, disappointment. The best policy in the world is to not um, is to not expect anything, and therefore, what happens will be best. Because if you're building muscle, if you're training in this way, your weight might not change, but your body shape will. Okay, stop pinning, try to stop pinning all of your value, all of your worth as a human being on that number on the scale and start pinning it on being an active human. Start pinning it on doing things that make you feel confident. Start pinning it on all of the things that you can and will and should enjoy out of life as a, and all of the things that are under your control as opposed to not. And that will really help you manage your body with PCOS and your fitness. Because it's not really actually about losing weight. It's actually about managing yourself so that you feel good about yourself. Because that's all that matters. It just so happens that in your head, you probably think, I will feel good about myself when I hit X amount of weight. But that actually isn't true. That actually couldn't be further from the truth. That's not what is going on here. Okay? What will make you feel good about yourself is being productive, is getting in the gym, is building your confidence, is learning to balance yourself. They're the things you need to really try and focus on. Who knows what your weight will do? But you can get to a point where your weight is irrelevant if everything else is in place because that will supersede the number on the scale. I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. I've got a bonus episode coming out this week where I sit down and chat with somebody called Beth, who's just totally awesome. Um, Yeah, I'm going to talk about, uh, she went through some fat shaming in the gym, um, which she shared on TikTok, and the video's got 3 million views, so uh, it's probably more now, but uh, yeah, we're going to check that and talk about that, which will be really, really exciting. So I hope you found this useful. If you want more information on it, I've linked the blog post in the comments or in the the description of the podcast, um, whatever that thing's called. And yeah, and as always, you know where you can get a hold of me. It's at the gym starter on social media. And I am still giving away a free month of online coaching on the Strong and Confident program. And if you'd like that, then all you have to do is drop me an email on adam at the gym and we'll figure out how to get you started. You have the most wonderful day. I can't wait to speak to you very, very soon. Ciao, ciao.